0: What's better than Anchor's podcast creation tools? Nothing. Mankind has always searched for evidence of God's perfection, and we found it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place, for free. Which you can use straight from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, the lesser of the podcast platforms, Stitcher. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've made $5, and I've been doing this for three months. So, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is a warning that sometimes there might be inappropriate language, whether it comes from the book we're reviewing or us uh, uh, lightly peppering in some swears in the conversation. We don't normally go crazy, but sometimes it happens, so keep that in mind if you've got a little kid or if you're just really uh, fussy. But uh, either way, don't let that hinder you from enjoying the book, boys. You just have to get it close to your face. Like, my face roughly
1: stays there, so I keep it here. I like to move my face sometimes.
0: All right. I don't know what to tell you then. got to remember to put your mouth over nearby the thing.
1: But not too close or else they can hear me breathing.
0: <laughs> That's true. I don't want them to hear me Did breathing. Did you know? Oh, it's not showing it. Well, we have 13 listeners, Ben. Yeah, I yeah. know. You, you showed me that. 13 listeners. Yeah. Did it go yes, up at all today?
1: Seems like we got about now.
0: Still thirteen. Okay.
1: I ran out of regular <clears> podcasts <throat> I usually listen to, so I listened to the last two episodes again just to give myself notes. Oh, for God's sake! I'm a perfectionist. Um, Are we re- is it on? Yeah, it's on. Oh, okay. I
0: mean, this is just you know you well, pull out whatever little banter we want to be use. The best. I mean, there we go. Notes for chapter six. <laughs> ben, <laughs> how's your week, Ben, buddy? Uh, <laughs> can't can't complain. That's it? Good enough. Do you have anything? Have you taken you take notes on the book? You sit around and listen to yourself on the podcast nine times a day?
1: Yeah, because I'm a perfectionist.
0: Yeah, but have you perfected the art of being able to just kind of go over your week?
1: Well, <laughs> don't look at me. You know why. Those dead eyes. So we just got back from a lovely trip to Target, which I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I
0: knew. I figured that was going to be the deal, too.
1: Yeah. Like, well, first oh. of all, that was, let's rewind a little bit, because that was part of my week. I went to Target yesterday, which was Sunday.
0: Can I just say before you just start rolling on this yeah. that uh, the commentary you're giving me while in Target yeah. makes me believe that there's nothing you're going to say that's going to surprise or offend me because it was yeah.
1: pretty bad while we're in there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I went to Target yesterday. Okay. And this is a sure sign I'm getting old because I was annoyed that I had to wait till 8 for it to open. <laughs> In the morning, yeah, it opens at seven during the week, but on the weekends they don't open till eight. And I was super annoyed because I was ready to go there at like quarter to seven, and like I checked the hours, I'm like, are you kidding me? You are now. One of those now people. half the day is gone for me waiting for Target to open. I was literally outside the door while they were unlocking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> They're like, I don't get it. He doesn't look 70, yeah. but
0: he's a 70-year-old man he standing is. outside waiting for it to open.
1: And then, much to my delight, you made me go to Target with you mere minutes ago. Was which, that too much for you? Well, you work from home. And the Target's like two minutes away. I mean, isn't one of the perks of working from home that you can do shit like that during the day? No, not with the people I work with. The horrible, horrible people I work with. Oh, you don't get to with. take a break? You don't get any breaks during the day? You know what did You just sign me? out of the computer. You go to Target. You come back like, That's oh, sorry, I was pooping.
0: They see you've signed out because yeah, of the stupid know. messenger. And then they, yeah. they start Twittering amongst themselves like little birds. Uh, but I did actually, halfway through the day today, um, my messenger for work died. Oh. Like, I just couldn't get it to sign on, okay. and so I sent an email saying, hey guys, if you don't see me online, blah, 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 and I was like, oh my god, and I did yard work. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have gone, you had I plenty of time to go work. to Target.
1: <clears throat> I was doing yard work. I feel like you intentionally waited till I came over to go to Target, because you no. knew it would annoy me, and I- you were hoping that we would get some fodder for the terrific <laughs> banter that we're having right now. That would be amazing if well the done. entire
0: reason why I ever asked you to be a part of this is just because I'm like, I could torture this man and get some real good material.
1: Fine. If that's what you were doing. Any well thoughts done. about
0: me at Target
1: that you just Well, again, on? we went over this. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with how familiar I am with your toiletry needs. I know what brand <laughs> of deodorant you use now. I didn't want to know that. So I love that. I'm uncomfortable with that.
0: I love that um, I was looking for dish soap. And I couldn't find it and you couldn't find it. And then you disappeared. And then I was like, where's Ben? And I kind of wander and you're just standing there like it's over here. You could have come found me. I didn't know where you went. You go look. I was like two lanes, line, lanes, aisles over. It
1: was yeah. Th- so there's aisles. there. It was gonna be like one of those sitcoms, or the, the, the Benny Hill music <laughs> is gonna be playing in the background, and we're gonna be running around like missing each other at the end of the aisle. Over now, you'll over be again. looking for me. My
0: head'll poke out from like next to a couple of boxes of Tide or something, and I'll put my little hand in my mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's like one of those cops, so, like the Bobby, <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? falling us over and stuff. Yeah. Chapter six. Yep. Oh, your week. Anything else you want to talk about your week?
1: What, beyond my trip to Target yesterday morning? Is and really then dollars followed on a subsequent trip to Target with you today? Like, <laughs> I, what else is there? What else could there possibly be? Fine. Yeah. How about your week?
0: Trees, Ben. I got yeah. a bid on the trees in my yard to get taken down, and I found out it's the most expensive thing on the face of the earth. More expensive than buying a Tesla. And uh, so now I'm trying to do it all by myself. Which I nearly killed myself on the power lines outside my house this morning. Well, maybe you shouldn't have started with the tree by
1: the power lines. Maybe you should have practiced on one of the other trees.
0: No, you got to go in. You got to get over that fear. I'm not going to sit there and just keep looking over my shoulder at the branches by the power lines while I work on a different bush or whatever. I got to get in there, get it out of the way. But yeah, I had a couple of weird moments of like a branch that's touching the power line, and I'm like, can I touch? this and so then i wound up getting like a fiberglass stick and i was balancing on the back of my hands so i don't clench it when i get electrocuted and stuff is just amazing what you know wood doesn't conduct electricity right yeah um it can actually well not very well not to the like to the maximum but you can still get shocked it can okay it does especially juicy wet wet wood from a live tree maybe chapter six ben yeah it's all about Lee Scoresby and Seraphina. Lighted Flyers is the name of this chapter. All right, fine. Thanks for that. Thanks. Uh, they talk about the atmospheric weather problems that have been having since the portal got ripped open. Lots of fog. Lots of fog coming in, which just says a thing. Uh, yeah, it's always ominous, isn't it? When there's fog. That's, that's true, as yeah. we were learning. Uh, he heads north, to, uh, and a guy driving a sledge says that the sky's opened up before, thousands of years ago. Yeah.
1: He yeah, meets no, astronomers. yeah, those are a lot of great details. My main takeaway from this chapter though was
0: <laughs> I'm doing the rough overview, and then we talk about it. <laughs> well, let's just
1: start with the quote: "A witch offers you love, you should take it."
0: Yeah, they've talked about how when a witch's love is the purest kind of love, even though they're evil and they're manipulating you, you're real. Well wait, happy are they well, evil? I don't think well, they're, they're evil. not evil, but they're not really in love with you. They're just kind of
1: they're just prolific.
0: Why are you slut-shaming the witches? Not slut-shaming a witch. It sounds
1: like you kind of are. That's a terrible Not double standard. Not slut-shaming a witch.
0: Yeah, a witch's love. Uh, they don't really care that much about you. They just like having people around, but they'll make you feel real, real happy and loved while they're doing it. So that was kind of weird. Um, He meets astronomers in the north to get info, uh, and one of their demons attacks his? I have that as a note. Yeah. Uh, the guy sent a messenger bird to the magisterium, He's officially the enemy of the church. Hester and the demon tells him to steal the man's ring for no reason. Or Hester the demon. Sledge driver tells him to go meet a tribe who initiated him as a shaman. And Seraphina's letter, which is to Citigazi.
1: Did we establish who we're talking about here? Lee Scoresby. Lee Scoresby. Okay. Yes, because he's the
0: one traveling north and having and he's, all these fun experiences. He's
1: basically trying to find track down the Stanislaus Grumman. Yep. Yep. So, so that this chapter. The, yeah.
0: If I'm, because it was, I I read this one ahead, uh, you know, last week. I know. You wouldn't shut up about it either. (laughs) (laughs) The, this is where they talk about specters, right? Like, Uh, they go into real more detail about the specters and what's going on with them and why the parents are all insane and the children have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts about the specters now, Ben? They've
1: been fleshed out for you? Well, I mean, they've been around for 300 years. They came to the world that they're in from a different world because the scientists there were foolish and just kept opening up doors so they figured out how to use the subtle knife as it turns out to like basically tear open space-time i guess and then mm-hmm. travel between worlds um, but they're really careless with it, and sometimes they'll leave these windows open, and they think that's how the specters got in. I think but that's right, got. but
0: though that's confusing, because in later chapters that we'll get to, um, there's a person that has the knife, and I was assuming he always had the knife, and nobody else ever had the knife. And he's the one that can open up and close these doors all the time to different dimensions.
1: Well, yeah, but he's not 300 years old, so at, he's the current like keeper of the knife. But So did he steal it from them? Well, no, because I think this tower that he's in, the... Uh, Tower of Angels. Mm. What's it called? The Tower, yeah, it's tower uh, of Angels. Well, yeah, it has like an Italian name though, because this is like Mediterranean Mediterranean world that they're in. Right. Um, is this
0: also where they talked? Where like the witches went into Citigazi or whatever it's called, and uh, then like they were. Talking to people and learning about the, the specters and the fog and everything like that. Because
1: they saw a party get attacked by the specters. Yeah, and that's right. And they made sure to stay and up above here. Ruda, or that Queen. Was it Serafina and that other the Latvian Queen Witch? Oh, I'm not sure. Ruda Scooty or whatever her name is? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they got some information on that. And then there's also, as it turns out, uh, angels in that world.
0: Yeah, and at the end of it, they see angels, unless they. Yeah, it's in this chapter. They see angels flying through the sky in a direction like north, and then the witches fly up to the angels. And yeah. Seraphina's asking one of the angels, "Where are you going?" Yeah. And the angels are kind of just sort of emotionless and whatever, and just say, "We've been called." And they say, "Who called you?" And they're like, "A man." Like, yeah. Do you know who the man is? No. <laughs> they just keep going. So that's disturbing. Uh, angels aren't very cute or nice
1: and cuddly things. Well, the man is Lord Azrael. So he commands the angels now. I guess well, is what we're I, supposed to yeah, assume. God. All apparently right. he controls... Do- well, that's, that's what it, he's. there's going to be a war in heaven, apparently. That, that's the thing. He's trying to incite the war in yeah. heaven, an uprising
0: against God, we find out later. But in Chapter 7, you're in uh, Sitagazi with Lyra talking to the kids. Then she goes to Oxford to see uh, Dr.
1: Malone. Will Perry is Oxford, not her own Oxford.
0: That's right. And I was getting confused in this book where the heck they were, but I was starting to wonder if Dr. Malone was in Sitagazi. Because the way they jump back and forth so much, I'm like, wait, are they still in Sitagazi? So was this college always in Sitagazi and not in, like, Will Perry's? But, yeah, so... This is a book for children. You should be able to keep up. (laughs) She learns that kids hate cats because they bite you and put the devil in you. Yeah. Which cat must have done to you at some point. The kids talk about (laughs) the guild, uh, and they say that they let the specters in. Uh, The specters were sent by God to punish everyone. Uh, They came from the stars. Or, they're produced by a guild member, tore apart the tiniest scrap of metal. Or was it, like, lead or whatever. And then that somehow just released these specters. Which turned out yeah, to be the we, case we, later on, we found splitting out. Splitting atoms
1: or something. Yeah, so. which splitting atoms makes ghosts. Yeah. I think the the main point of this chapter, though, was the our pervert friend from the last episode reappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we speculated, he's more than just a pervert. He's <laughs> quite an important figure. He's a, kind of a... Top-shelf pervert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got a fancy car. He's a fancy man with a fancy car yeah, with a driver. The... He uh, Lyra ends up having to flee from the authorities who have tracked her down to, like, mm-hmm. Dr. Malone's office. Um, so no,
0: Dr. Malone pulls her into a lady's restroom where there's a bunch of cops standing there.
1: <laughs> that was the, my favorite part. Well, the, the cops are in oh, Dr. In Malone's their, office. They're in right? the restroom. No, they're in the she office. She pulled right? her in the restroom. Yeah, she pulled her in the restroom to warn Lyra that... The cops were looking for it, right? And you're going to look me in the eye and
0: tell me the cops were in the restroom. <laughs> okay. Apparently I got mixed up. They must have walked into her office, but as far as I read it, she pulls her into the restroom and says, there's police I want to talk to you. And then the police are talking to her. So I figured there's cops in the restroom.
1: Yeah, no, she, Dr. Malone knew Lira was coming to her office and hmm. like intercepted her, pulled her into the restroom to warn her that she was going to be talking to some cops in a minute. Fine. In her office. I really Why would the to- cops just be in the restroom? It's what I
0: wanted. These chapters haven't been as titillating as bear deaths and, you know,
1: yeah. perverts trying to get her drunk. Still, and, like, no bears yet. Not a single goddamn We're two thirds of the way through this book and there haven't been any bears. Not, Not to a ruin the next one. three chapters that we're going to talk about, but there's no bears. <laughs> yeah,
0: spoilers. Did uh, they yeah. give a spoiler alert with, like, you know, some sort of alert here in the middle yeah. of the audio just to say there's no bears? No bears.
1: Yeah. Whatsoever. Um,. But anyway, so she ends up, like, running from the cops, and our pervert friend Charles, like, just happens to be cruising past him Rolls Royce. But you're missing the part of the hilarity, the
0: slapstick involved with running from the cops, because Pan gets stuck in a revolving door, which I was oh. like, that's that's
1: adorable. That's right. I just imagine, They're like, pushing, a, like, on the wrong side of the doors, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Kooky little wah wow while yeah. it's happening. I can't isn't wait that... to see the HBO adaptation I of this. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so... Yep, the, the pervert pulls up. Charles... Uh,
0: suspiciously right on time. Yeah. And, yeah, and the, he keeps pushing for the skulls. You want to see those skulls? I still got those skulls back in my part. <laughs> I got way more skulls.
1: <laughs> um, and then ends up dropping her off near where she can go back through the window to the other world. Mm-hmm. Um, only later does Lyra realize that Charles has stolen her lithiometer. Yeah, he hands her her backpack,
0: which apparently with the the power of sleight of hand, the magical skill, he was able to get the golden compass out of there. Yep. Uh, So she goes back to Will because when she was talking to the cops, she accidentally gave away Will. Yeah. But she knew him. And so she was back there crying, and then her demon was crying, and Will felt bad because they both seemed so upset about it. Then she realizes that she doesn't have the golden compass anymore. Yeah. But she remembers the pervert gave her his card. So she knows who the pervert is, and it turns out it's Sir Charles Lat- Latrum. So well, she says, let's go okay. steal it. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to go steal it? Are you Are going to sneak in? He tries to remind her that we live in my world where rich people have a lot of security yeah. alarms. And she's like, we'll just go to the front door, and we'll just walk in, and we'll just say, give me back my compass,
1: which is genius. Turns out Charles is kind of a prick. He's a dink. Yeah. And uh, he took the alethiometer but he says he'll give it back to Lyra as long as she can uh, get the subtle knife for him. That's right. They, he wants to make a trade. Yeah, and that's the thing. So they got go go to go the back there because he's an it's, adult.
0: And it's, they said that he's a man who's made carvings on the door, which is something that I didn't really understand. But uh, and then she spits in his face. Wait,
1: what about the carvings on the door? Daniel? Whoever
0: holds the subtle knife is also responsible for making carvings on around some sort of gate or whatever that they're passing through or have people have passed through.
1: Well, the tower has like carvings. The carvings in the tower, like then on I the it. door jamb. Yeah. All but right. The door frame. She
0: had noticed. So I thought that's what that was. Well, she spits in his face and then says, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> which I thought was pretty awesome. Oh, and then they find out that he's got a demon because... Uh,
1: well, only it, Will saw that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, Emerald Snake poking out of his sleeve.
1: Yeah, which is... Uh, did you remember that? Hmm? From the first book? No. Oh, it's because that very demon was described in the first book, so that's did away. you
0: remember I see you brought it both did. your books yeah. and you even bookmarked that part it right there while wow, you were probably so annoying in high school <laughs> somebody would like the teacher be like does anyone know the answer to this and then you're always the kid raising your hand demanding to give the answer chapter 8 yep thanks <laughs> Charles Latrim drops them off then they go to the Tower of Angels Pan flies yeah. up to see a little boy dancing not a little boy young man dancing, and holding a knife. Yeah. Uh, they meet the guy who's got the knife, who's been held captive on like the roof of this tower. Uh, they have a little fight. Will cuts a hole. Or he gets to learn how to use the knife, cuts a hole, and then they take off. So let's go over this one. A lot of stuff going on. A lot yeah. to unpack. Yeah. Okay, so when Charles drops them off, uh, Lyra keeps thinking that she knows the guy, but can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and then Charles says that tells Will there's a mighty fine photo of him in the newspaper that day, which made me think, I don't, unless because I'm apparently not really um, keeping that much detail in my head about this book, not detail, just basic story plot, yeah. Um, that uh, I don't know why Will's being chased. Why is he in the paper?
1: Well, he murdered a man.
0: But that's because they were, they were he was already being chased before that happened. Like, they were already trying to get well, stuff from him. Well, those
1: two men were after the Green satchel with the letters, the letters from his, from his dad. dad and that's
0: the only reason why he's being followed and chased
1: well i think they were trying to get that but now like the because those men seem to be shadowy figures but now the like legit cops are after him because he because of the somebody. murder of yeah, a man i think so that's
0: well he just has to tell them that the cat did it <laughs> and it's not a problem anymore. oh moxie
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: um when they go to the tower of angels Pan flies up, sees a dancing boy. They get in the tower, they go up to the top, and they see the boy, and then they, they know that there's a man on the roof, so they go up there and they see that he's got his hands tied behind his back or whatever, so he's being held captive on the roof. So they go up there, and then the boy comes up and there's a fight. There is. Uh, this knife is real, real sharp. Y- yep. Cuts through stone and stuff like butter because yep. it's flying all over the place. Um, so the young man stole this from him. They uh, beat the crap out of him. And then... Did Will lose two fingers during the fight, or was it when he just grabbed the knife, two fingers went away?
1: Uh, I think that was a little unclear, wasn't it? it was, he just noticed that he was missing two fingers at some point. Yeah. and um, I think you're supposed to infer that it... I guess I don't know. The, the <laughs> knife is very, very sharp.
0: That's why I got you on here for your insight. Yeah. <laughs> you you clean up with my, my big picture uh, kind of comments. Tulio is the kid's name. Uh, he gets pushed off or he trips or whatever. And he falls off the roof. And then down below, the spectators get him. So he's just out of the picture. Specters. Specters. Spectators. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there wasn't a crowd of people watching. Just a crowd of people like, yeah. hey,
0: what's going on up there on the roof? Yeah. And then he falls down like, let's kill him. Yeah. Um no, the specters get So that's... Tulio is a man that's got a name. Was he
1: like in a previous chapter he, that the, I'm not aware of anymore? When they met the roaming band of children because the specters scared all the adults away they had met a couple of kids and this is their older brother. Oh, um, okay. And so I think he is like just becoming an adult it seems like. So that's why he,
0: that's why he's like trying to go fi- so does everyone know that the knife is in this tower? Like they all just know like if you when you I, become a man go th- up there and go get that knife.
1: Well, I think there's a lot of rumors about that tower and about that's was the origin of the the specters coming into this world because the tower is where the scientists were You know, some sort of observatory where the scientists were Mm -hmm. doing whatever they were doing. and But it seemed, so I think when they saw him, like, dancing with a knife, I think what you're supposed to understand is that he was trying to escape that world. Mm -hmm. I think he he knew, I guess, that the knife can open these windows into other worlds. So him dancing, it was him, I think, just, like, blindly trying to stab the air to open up the window, but there's like a technique to it. Oh. And so he he just was I think he was just frantically. How trying does this to kid
0: know so that's one the other thing I'm wondering if I missed Does everyone know about this knife and exactly what it does? And if not, why does this kid know okay this knife is gonna keep me alive from the specters, spectators. But also I can cut open doors to different dimensions and get the heck out of here.
1: I yeah, so I I that think it's
0: kinda of like it seemed like either I missed that while reading it or it wasn't really spelled out.
1: I think I don't think it was really spelled out. I think okay. that's Because all the stuff they
0: talked about before and earlier in the chapter was like, they would insult each other by calling each other a goat, as they said, like, I heard that the specters came from the stars and stuff. And it's like, no one said, turns out there's a knife up there that actually can open up portals to different dimensions. Yeah. (laughs) But in either case, uh, the guy who is original bearer of the knife is Gakamo? How would you pronounce his name?
1: I don't know. I didn't bother guacamo. Guakamo. Oh, Giacomo, isn't it? Giacomo? Well, yeah, because this is Italy world, so he's going to... Oh, okay,
0: there you go. Um, says, don't give the knife to Charles. He tells uh, Will, you are the bearer of the knife, holds up his hand. He's also missing two fingers. Yeah. But Will's in a lot of pain. Those fingers didn't just kind of, like, disappear magically, and they're all healed up. It's like two open wounds, I imagine. Yeah, he's bleeding a lot. Yeah, and so he says, hey, look, you're missing two fingers, too, so you must be the new owner of the knife. And... Uh, the subtle knife is able to cut through any material in the world on one side. On the other side, it opens up a portal and you can magically close the portal again. Yeah. So the old
1: man is trying to teach will yeah how and this, they even Will's ask starting like, to
0: get the hang of it like why are you trying to plow through all this information for us and the guy says because i got to kill myself real real quick because now i don't have the knife anymore and i'm gonna get killed by spectators specters
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So, are you doing that on purpose now? that's on purpose now okay i mean the first time was a stroke but you this know time you
1: annoyed me enough by dragging me to target earlier i don't <laughs> you don't have to keep doing it
0: oh okay fine um it's got a very short time to learn how to use a knife uh, and they're trying to say it's like using the al el- the altimeter. The alethiometer. El- alethiometer. Alethiometer. Damn it. I'll never get it. No. And um They said it's a lot like using that. Uh you just gotta clear your mind and be confident and uh you'll start to be able to like open stuff. And Will's trying and it's not working out, and he starts crying and then weird cause his hand's in pain, Pan Lyman goes over and like kisses his wounds. Yeah. That was a little weird. That was
1: shocking. Yeah. You don't expect to see a demon doing that. I know. Yeah. And Lara was shocked, but kind of just went with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so he cuts a hole in this world. Giacomo, whatever, shows him how to close
0: it. And um, then, yeah, they climb through. And they wind up going straight to, uh, is it Will's world? I forget where they go right after that. But
1: Well, they go in the next chapter. Yeah, because they're
0: gonna at the end of the chapter, oh. they're going to go back to get the golden compass.
1: Also, um the since he was in such pain because his f- fingers got cut off, yeah. basically the old guy just got him drunk. Oh, I missed that part. yeah it's
0: oh, that's right because she was like, yeah, I've had this stuff yeah, before. go ahead and plum plum brandy <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, so so will's gonna go back to get the, the guy. Uh, yeah, the guy keeps telling him to drink.
0: Get the golden compass and he's doing it drunk. Yeah. That's pretty cool, getting a little kid drunk.
1: Yeah, there's all sorts of (laughs) bad influences in this That
0: could explain the nap, because I thought it was funny that in Chapter 9, they're going to go to uh, Sir Charles's place, uh, but they they take a nap first. So I guess it's probably because he's been drinking. Um, But I don't know what world they're in at that point. I guess they're still back on uh, the tropical island, the parent-free world. Uh, for whatever reason, but uh, then they decide to go to Sir Charles's place. Uh, they do it straight from Sitigazi. Uh They don't go through Will's world,
1: I wrote well, down. Charles so this is where I start getting Charles confused about in where they are. Will's world. That's what I thought. So they just try to, s- since Will is figuring out how to use a subtle knife to open up these windows into other worlds, he's trying mm-hmm. to figure out where in Sitagazi corresponds to Oxford, where Charles' house is. So mm-hmm. he's. Tr- They're basically trying to steal the Lithiometer back by, like, cutting open a window, like, straight into the house where Charles is keeping it, Mm. and just grab it and leave.
0: Right. Um, But this is where it becomes, like, the video game portal. You ever played video games there, Ben? Yeah. Okay. Well, like, you ever played Portal? Yes. there we go. So it's just like that. He opens up a portal. He goes through and hides behind a couch. But Lyra is supposed to stay back in the other dimension.
1: Well, he was trying. Th-
0: hanging out by that portal.
1: Charles had moved the alethiometer, so it wasn't in the case where they had last seen it. So right. he was kind of looking around. It was, this uh, heist was taking longer than expected. The mm-hmm. heist, it was never going to go off smoothly, was it? It no, seemed like such a simple plan, but yeah, it wasn't gonna work no, like it that. It would
0: be really disappointing yeah. if in a book where you need tension to draw like the drama and keep you reading, it's just suddenly th- that thing goes really smoothly. And it's like done in one page. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was not the case here. No. Uh turns out Mrs. Coulter shows up in the Rolls Royce.
1: Yeah. Which that was a shocking sight, wasn't it? Mrs. Coulter in this world? What's going on? I know. Oh wait, I thought we, she wasn't actually, gonna cross over. Oh, well, we knew she was in that world, dude. We? But so well, um, yeah, she didn't with Lord Asriel.
0: Because then how did she get through? If she didn't go through the parentless world, the parent-free zone.
1: Well, does the bridge that Azrael made does it go straight to the? It goes world? straight
0: into the or does it go parent-free of, world. I does thought. it? This damn book. So then, uh, it turns out that we find out that uh, the pervert
1: is actually Lord Boreal
0: from yeah. the previous chapter, which
1: or how previous did, book. How did I not remember that? She so, spoke to the guy, and and how much time has passed since that current? Like a couple of weeks. And yeah, exactly. And if you don't recognize, like, if you don't remember the guy's name
0: or whatever, you just recognize his face. I've seen that guy yeah, before. Yeah, I talked to him at that dinner party. I was at the dinner party. Right, be, yeah, he's from right my before world. I exactly. ran away from uh, my mom's house. But instead, she can remember stuff like, he's
1: got the smell of a place I've been to yeah, before. <laughs> yeah, he smells like a bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she she had and not only seen him, she had like, talked to him. She yeah, interacted with the guy previously. So I was come on I know, I know several years passed between the release of these two books but in the timeline <laughs> of the story only a couple of weeks have passed so I maybe Philip Pullman didn't remember yeah. Lord Burial but Lyra sure should have Philip
0: Pullman's writing it as if years have been passed even though he's literally writing down the words two days ago yeah <laughs> he just can't seem to understand how this works uh, there's a will over here's uh, a lot of dialogue a lot of exposition about Mrs. Coulter to know what uh, how he got the, uh, the golden compass and uh, he says, sucks to you. What's Lord Azrael doing? She says, raising an army to start a war in heaven. Yep. Which <laughs> doesn't seem to shock anyone. Like, God and angels are kind of unattainable in their world anyways. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, no, a war in heaven? That'll stink. Like, yeah. no one ever's like, how is that possible? Yeah. No, it's
1: just, yeah. Asriel, that's what he's up to.
0: Yep. So then she brings up uh, this kind of bizarre link between children and the mystery of dust and the specters. Boreal is interested to see if Miss Coulter is a... Uh, Intersized guards are immune to the specters. Any thoughts yeah, so on that, Ben? Yeah, so
1: that's basically her zombie army that she's yeah. building, and so she wants to bring them into the specter world because, or to experiment to see if they're mm-hmm. into since. So it seems like the specters are taking demons out from inside of people, right? Or souls, or whatever you yeah, want to call souls. it. Um, yeah, so yeah. Mrs. Coulter conveniently has been building a zombie army, so she wants to take a couple of them into that world and see what the specters do to them.
0: <laughs> so weird. It's so meticulous. Uh, the uh, alethiometer.
1: Yeah!
0: Thank you. Is, uh, is in reach, but Mrs. Coulter's demon is aware that there's someone hanging out in the room. So, since Lyra, just like Portal, is sitting on the other side of this window, or this portal, or door, or whatever you want to say it is, uh, he says, uh, Make a distraction. I can get the thing. And so she looks around and grabs a cat and throws the cat through. And she it's his cat. And there's like a battle between the... She didn't throw the cat. She chucked the cat. She threw a rock. I know she threw a rock, but a cat was wound up in the story fighting the Yeah, the, the cat... Yeah, she didn't throw the cat, though. I think the cat went through. She threw the cat through. No, the cat...
1: <laughs> and this is the cat from before. The one that reminds Will of his his own cat, Moxie. Yeah. The one that led him to the window between worlds. Right. Which Which is then
0: following him around, but they don't really mention it very much. Like, I forget that this this cat's, like, a member of the party.
1: The same cat. So this cat seems to have stumbled upon this window between worlds and is Mm. just wandering between the two worlds, I think.
0: And that's why the So this cat just showed up at at this guy's place on its own? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it came through the portal. I think she chucked a cat. I...
1: (laughs) I have to disagree.
0: (laughs) Fine. We can go back and look that up. In the next episode, you can prove me wrong. No, the burden of proof vote. is
1: on you. You're, you're <laughs> no, the one coming up with these <laughs>
0: fantastical claims. Cat uh, fights hey. Mrs. Coulter's demon, and yeah. uh, then they grab the uh, alethiometer. Alethi- yeah, alethiometer. Right? Did they get it? I, don't I think they got it. it. I, I don't even Otherwise, remember. Otherwise, what, what a crappy chapter. It's like, hooray, the cat distracted him. Well, we should go back. I don't think I'm going to be able to get that thing.
1: I should have made a note of that. Because who had it? Because... Uh... I don't Charles think was, slash Lord Boreal was, like, holding it by that point, wasn't well, it? Well, he,
0: like, put it on the table or something next to where he could reach yeah. it, if, as long as they weren't looking. And so I, am, I don't remember it specifically saying, and then he got it, and he went back through the portal. But I just assume that's what happened.
1: I, I need to look that up. No, I,
0: Fine, you look that up, and I'm going to look up. You know what? I might even save it for after I do the editing on this. And then I, when you're not here, I get to say whatever I want, and I'll find out if she threw a cat through the portal. <laughs> I don't think this cat just wandered in through the side door on its own. I'm more concerned about that than if they got the alethiometer.
1: She didn't throw the cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were and just. And at that moment, the tabby cat sprang out of the shrubbery and onto the grass and hissed. The cat sprang out. It's uh, implied that it sprang out of its own accord. It wasn't. Fine,
0: you win, Ben. Are you happy now? The cat didn't get thrown. Did it even go through the portal, or is it just wandering
1: around in the world? Because I this think cat's it's wan- been following them Well, everywhere. yeah, I think it's just wandering around both worlds. Is Because it, it's appeared in both worlds.
0: I love that this cat is like the Kramer of the story. <laughs> Every time they do anything, this cat slides in and goes, oh, Hey, what's going on, fellas? <laughs> That's kind of
1: what's going on so far. I mean, the, I the cat led Will to the window the outer world in the first place no i know that then the i was cat. just under the assumption yeah. the cat
0: continued to follow him because like the kids were throwing the rocks well, it at keeps the cat showing,
1: yeah it just keeps And just appearing. figured like this
0: cat's just with them everywhere they go now yeah, and that's... she knows about the cat it's not like it's i don't know anyways fine
1: chapter 10 well, i'm still trying to find out for sure if they got the alethiometer if I'm wrong about them getting the elite theometer, I'm Oh yeah, the they got it. Okay, they okay, got it. Good. Yeah, okay,
0: that's good. I was going to say I was about to shut down this whole podcast, so I'm wrong about that too. Shut it down permanently? Yeah, just like
1: we're done. <laughs> this is the final episode. What would our 13 <laughs> listeners do? I don't if we did that. Read the book? The 13 listeners, I think four of which are me.
0: Yeah, one of them's definitely the girlfriend and uh, one of them's your mom. So these are not real, I, you know, strangers on the internet yet. <laughs> Again,
1: like I'm glad my mom is listening, but I don't like how you're saying that every time. I, don't know.
0: <laughs> I just love bringing your mom into it because you're real, real jealous that she listens to my podcast on the side and she enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 10, Ben. <laughs> Lee Scoresby is looking for that tribe that uh, Grumman belongs to, and that's pretty much my my overview of that chapter. There's a lot of details after
1: that. Well, so Sansaw's Grumman is kind of a important character. Sure. So, Why not? <laughs> well, he was mentioned in the first book. He's the one whose head Lord Azriel apparently had.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, um, they did the plastic surgery on the severed head to make it look like him.
1: Yeah. Um, but it turns out they flesh out his character a little bit more in this book, and the stories about him are he's like the scientist or whatever, but there's like no history of him prior to 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, they, long story short, he's Will Perry's dad, and he found a window into uh, Lyra's world yep. and became a scientist there, and now is living the life of a shaman for this tribe up north.
0: Yeah, and so that was one thing. Because he was an important figure with all the theologians and stuff at the church in Lyra's world. But didn't anyone question where he came from? Because he was just like this authority figure. Like, I'm going to go up north on this expedition, give me money, and I'm going to go. Yeah, he whatever. was like, And everyone's just like, you're a complete stranger, we've never heard of you, okay, go ahead.
1: Well, he's <laughs> an yeah, he's an Englishman, but he managed to like go to the university in Berlin or whatever and just become a... Credential scientist and then yeah like don't they go. have like social security cards or anything in this world I, I don't think they do birth certificates they don't seem like they don't have ATMs and they don't have <laughs> security true, rich don't. people don't have security on their houses apparently it's yeah, a that's different true. world than what we're used to so. explain how the bear got his uh, armor back cuz there's no cameras so yeah he was able to just BS his way into this become this important figure
0: yep um. So, yeah, he's the shaman of the tribe. Uh, he gives away that his name is John Perry. But he had, like, a weird... I forget what the fake name was. It was,
1: like, Joe Parry or something. It was, like, yeah. a wherever of the Tribe accent saying
0: John Perry. <laughs> um. At least this accent wasn't as offensive as the previous book we read. <laughs> Sean Penn trying to do a Hasidic oh, the, Jewish person... Yeah. Oof. But yeah, when I saw that I was just like, Oh, I still have like PTSD from the last book. Anytime I see anyone kind of doing like an accent, it drives me crazy. Um He wanted to get his mother's Navajo ring, which made uh, Lee Scoresby kinda freak out a little bit. Yeah. What am I forgetting about this mother's Navajo ring?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Was that in the first book? I don't know. I don't yeah like he
0: was specifically looking for it, which is why he wound up in this world or whatever, I guess is what I gathered from it.
1: Wait, that's... John Perry was looking for it? That's what I thought. Okay.
0: Unless I'm screwing it all up.
1: I I don't know. I was a little, I guess, unclear as to the exact meaning of that ring. He stumbled into Sitagazi first,
0: uh, lost two companions to the Spectres, uh, managed to find his way into Lee's universe, uh, and then when you go into Lee's universe, or uh, Lyra's Lyra's universe, um, you get a demon.
1: Yeah. But the bears don't. (laughs) <laughs> no, and then, I'm wondering, why doesn't that work both ways? Like, why, when somebody leaves that world, why doesn't their demon go away?
0: Thank you, I said this in the when we were reading the last books, like, we know they're going to go into our world, so does the demon just turn into a disgusting worm, or yeah. stop existing, or something? But no, the demon's fine, and then he comes over here without a demon, and he just gets one.
1: So I wonder, if he were to go back into his original world, would... Does it he, turn into a disgusting worm? the demon, then? I know! It, or does the demon go... away? So yeah, the demon logic here is. Out little, the window. Yeah. And then, so Grumman, Stanislaus Grumman knows what Lord Asriel is up to, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's going to help him.
0: Yeah. That part I had to like reread. I'm like, wait, so now he's going to war with God and angels. Yeah. And so he wants to go help Lord Asriel kill God? Basically, yeah. Or he, is it the he dust? Says, he wants to kill the dust? I don't I, get what's
1: going on. Is the dust separate from God? I don't get it. So when Grumman is talking to Scoresby, he says, I know what Lord Asriel is doing, and I know why. And that's why I summoned you here. I am going to help him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he can't do it himself. He's he's got heart disease or something, so he's not going to live very long. Yeah. Uh, So that's why he got Lee Scoresby there. And then it turns out, much like Lyra is an almost mythic figure in witch culture. Yeah. They have a... Well, Will also has a destiny, apparently, with... That he's now that he's the bearer of the knife. Yeah, that's so true, they, they both, right? Lyra and Will, both have like destinies to fulfill. Um, but then Grumman warns Scoresby, I warn you, the bearer of that knife has his own task to do, and it may be that his doing it will put her, Lyra, into even greater danger.
0: Uh, so there's this
1: setting up uh, foreshadowing a little conflict. Foreshadowing to have uh, you know differing objectives maybe or you know what they didn't foreshadow bears. Lee, oh. nope,
0: Lee trying to get uh, back on his uh, ship and bring Grimm with him. But there's guards down there stopping him from taking off.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the Russians are there. Yeah, The he, Muscovites, as they're called in this world.
0: Right. Um, and he bluffs his way through, gets on there, and there's four people holding onto the rope to cast him off. Yeah. Three of them let go. One, for some reason, doesn't, and yeah. gets pulled up and falls to his death. Yep. Why was that a thing? I don't know. But yeah. all right.
1: <laughs> so there you go. It's a, it's a dark book. Lyra or Lyra? Lyra? I think it's Lyra, but I say Lyra a lot. But All I think it's right. supposed to be. Lyra. Didn't they say Lyra in the HBO trailer? <laughs> that's wrong name. That's how I learned how to pronounce a lithiometer. So if they're saying Lyra, that's true. Uh, that's what I'm going with.
0: If once we once we start watching the show on HBO, we're just going to be like, wow, we
1: mispronounced pretty much everything in there. Speaking of watching the show, weren't we going to watch the uh, 2007 movie at some point? <laughs> when we finish the third book? Why? Because it's only based on the first book, though.
0: We're going to finish the third book, then. Okay. Can't just dive into it in the middle of the review of the second book.
1: Well, I wasn't suggesting right now. Like, I, I got to get <laughs> home. It's a, it's a work night. I can't be here all night watching movies with you, but...
0: There was that uh, Tim and Eric's Million Dollar Movie I watched a long time ago, back in like 2010. Um, they had a scene where Will Ferrell was like a guest, like, guest in the movie. You and a cameo? Um, yeah, a cameo. Okay. Fine. Uh, but he was like the manager of this mall that they were going to buy. Yeah. And so they go in and in the middle of trying to haggle over buying the, the mall, Will Ferrell's like, you want to, watch, want to watch Top Gun with me? And they're like, okay. And it shows them watching Top Gun. And as it finished, he's like, yeah, that was a great movie. We should, uh feel like watching it again, <laughs> watch it like three times in a row. It's going to be me with you tonight. Yeah make you watch it over and over.
1: You want to talk about my week a little bit more? I, I saw... Oh, I, you're going to open up and talk about your week Well, family? I just just remembered uh, it was forgettable, but I, I went to a movie last night. Mm. With a couple of friends of mine. Yeah, what'd you go see? Hobbs and Bunch- Shaw. Uh. Oh. <laughs> it, uh, we, the we Fast little, and Furious spinoff? Yeah, we have a little tradition we go to every Fast and Furious movie when it comes out. Oh, we okay. go to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. It didn't disappoint. <laughs>
0: There's a huge following for those movies that I've never seen a single one of them, so I don't understand
1: if it's like an ironic love or they're really good. I have no idea. But people love those movies. For the three of us that go, it's definitely ironic.
0: But but it's also good?
1: No. In a way? Not really. Okay. No. It was too long. The dialogue is just terrible. (laughs) The action is ridiculous. Like Sometimes in a good way, but sometimes it's like, oh my God. (laughs) Um... Apparently, it's doing really well, too. Well, yeah, they, that's why they keep making them. They get hundreds of millions of dollars out of this, so why not? I don't blame them.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. Um, All right, fine. I went to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, how was that? It was uh, pretty long, but really good. Okay. But I only say pretty long because um, The Hateful Eight was really long. Yeah. But I got to watch that from the comfort of my own couch with a pizza. Yeah. So it didn't bother me. But sitting in a movie theater with, like... Also, the movie theater was full of old people. So since the movie's set in 1969, I think it was like people that wanted to relive their childhood or Mm -hmm. something. There was nobody young in that theater. And I went at like 6 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, in the evening. Did you go by yourself? Went with my lady friend, which is none of your business. She's always none of your business. (laughs) So, yeah, we liked it. It was good. The ending was completely insane. Um, And then, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it.
1: All right. Well, maybe I'll go see that. i
0: think you should uh but it's definitely like you and your friends if you go as a group aren't going to be walking out like fuck yeah that movie was tits and high-fiving and stuff you'll just be like wow that was kind of long and i learned a lot about the people in the movie yeah
1: it's fine (laughs) i'll probably be seeing it by myself anyway so
0: oh ben don't go by yourself (laughs) i have no option bring your mom god damn it We're wrapping up this uh, this episode. So soon? Yeah. Oh. How do you feel about the chapters you read?
1: Uh, again, no bears. Like, they were fine <laughs> chapters, but I um, there better be some bears in the last third of this book. I have this feeling there's
0: not going to be, unless they randomly, like, unless they, as if it's multiple authors here. Unless
1: uh, Pullman shoehorns in a bear charging through a portal. Well, why why went he? Because Lee Scoresby is he's in the north of that world where all the bears live. But why is he not interacting with bears at all?
0: Yeah, I know we need the bears back. Did you like the picture I sent you the other day with the bear? Bear coming off the train.
1: Yeah, going to college. It looks like it. Just needs a little backpack. A nice polar bear just getting off the, <laughs> the trolley and Moscowers know I love that. That's that
0: where cool. we are in our friendship, where you'll it's like like a like a grandma would do posting on Facebook. You think he's going to college? Like you did that to me
1: <laughs> and you seem to like it. So yeah, I I mean, if you, if you keep eating it up like that, I'll keep sending you stuff like that. <laughs> you just keep, I keep
0: asking for it. You keep delivering. Yeah. All right. So we're going to be reading chapters 11 through the end of the book. Yes. Wrapping that baby up. And then what Morrissey's book, or are we going to go for the second, if it's out by then, the second version of Bob uh, Honey. I don't think it's gonna be out by
1: then. That's not coming out till September, isn't it? Oh, you're right. And also, uh, we went over this. I'm not spending twenty six dollars on the hardcover edition of Bob <laughs> Honey <laughs> Sing Jimmy Crack Corn. Was that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> yeah, So uh, I think so- we should. I think horrible. we should do Morrissey next because that was supposed to be awful. Also, yeah, we'll do Morrissey. All right,
0: thanks, Ben. That's been a lot of fun. Likewise, Glenn. <laughs> do you want to do the? Do you want to shout the thing that always makes my ears bleed? What thing?
1: Well, why bother? You said you like took it out of the intro anyway. I mean, if I shout it, are you just going to shout it at the it end? And I keep it in the end.
0: What boys? Oh God! And you're like shouting for real. <laughs> well, thank you, and that's been our episode. Uh, please tune in next time. There.